Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Amma ba'du fa'an abi afs. Fa'an abi hafs Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu qala sami'atu rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul innama al-a'malu bin niyat wa innama likullim li'imma nawa faman kanat hijratuhu ilallahi wa rasulihi fahijratuhu ilallahi wa rasulihi faman kanat hijratuhu li dunya yusibuha awi mara'atin yatazawajuha fahijratuhu ila ma hajara ilayh Rabahu al-Bukhari wa Muslim Alhamdulillah brothers and sisters we're continuing with the 40 hadith compiled by Imam al-Nawawi and these 40 hadith, as we mentioned previously, alayhi madarul islam, that these are uh, fundamental concepts and fundamental principles around which Islam revolves. In other words, if we look at every single hadith that is in this, in this book, it goes back to a fundamental principle in the deen by which the deen stands on. For example, this first hadith that we've discussed, and inshallah this today will be the last discussion. We've spoke about it in you know, uh, two uh, durus already, and this is the last dars that I wanted to talk about, is that deeds are considered only by their intentions. And if we see the, how fundamental this is, that without this intention, you can say that deeds can actually be considered nothing if the intention is not there. So intention is such a fundamental principle that you can say that without it, none of our actions and none of our a'mal is actually even accepted. And not only that, it can be, as we learned previously, and I don't want to go over what we discussed last week, it can be that a righteous action that a person does with the wrong intention can take a person, may Allah protect us, la Allah, to Jahannam. You're doing an act of Jannah, but because you have a wrong and a bad intention, it can take you to Jahannam. As we learn about the three people, you know, who they will be the first people to be judged on the day of judgment, will be the martyr and the generous person and the, uh, the scholar or the hafiz or the qari. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring them. And Allah ta'ala will ask them, you know, what did I give you? Allah ta'ala will mention his ni'am. Allah will mention his bounties. And he said, what did I give you? He said, oh Allah, you gave me wealth. Oh Allah, you gave me the Quran. You gave me knowledge. Oh Allah, you gave me uh, bravery and courage and strength. What did you do with it? Oh Allah, I read it and I taught it to the people and I recited it. Oh Allah, I fought in your path and I became martyred. Oh Allah, I spent in your, in your way. And to all of them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reply, you lied. You did it so you can become famous. You did it so people can say, oh, such a generous person. Oh, you're such a great hafiz. You're such a great reciter and a qari. Oh, you're such a great martyr and a warrior. So you got your praise. You got people's, uh, you know, people's uh, uh, respect. You got praise. You became famous. Now you have nothing with me. If you would have done something for my sake, you would have received the reward. But you did it for the sake of dunya. You did it for the sake of fame. You did it for the sake of this, that you become, you know, this, that, or the other. And you received whatever it is that you intended 
And a person will only attain that which he intends. And that's what you intended and that's what you got. You, you received dunya, you received dunya. You intended to you know, attain fame, you became famous. You intended to gain wealth, you got wealth. You intended to you know, marry a woman, so you got that. If you would have intended ajr, if you would have attended my pleasure, if you would have intended you know, my rida, you would have attained that. So such a, such a, and you can see intention is one of those fundamental that it's either with that you attain salvation and if that is not correct, you, you can attain destruction. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. So we can see that every single hadith that is going to be mentioned in this compilation of Imam al-Nawawi, this is a fundamental principle of Islam. That Islam actually stands on this. Every note, now we know a very important thing that do not do any amal except with intention. Maximize your intention. Ponder over your intention. And that is why today I'm going to put this to the side and as a, as a mutammim, as an addition and as an appendix to this hadith dars, I want to share with you a book as you guys can see here. Four volumes. Right? This book is by... Uh, scholar which actually this book if I want to so you know why I'm bringing it this whole four volume book has actually been written by this Sheikh Ibn al-Hajj which we're going to discuss about him but what this book is it is about intentions this book it's about the correcting of intentions okay and I wanted to share it as a ifada or an addition, additional benefit for this topic of how important this is. So first and foremost, our scholar who wrote this was a 7th century scholar. Imam Al-Alim Al-Amil Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Muhammad ibn Muhammad Al-Abdari Al-Fasi Al-Maliki. He was a scholar from Fez, Morocco. Al-Shaheer bi Ibn al-Hajj, who was known as Ibn al-Hajj al-Maliki, one of great hadith and faqih, muhadith and faqih. Kana fadilan arifan yaqtadi bihi wa sahiba arbab al-qulub. Minhum Abu Muhammad Abdullah ibn Abi Jamrah. So from amongst those that he accompanied, Ibn al-Hajj was Ibn Abi Jamrah. Ibn Abi Jamrah, who is he? He is the very, very great scholar that Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqalani in, in the most famous commentary of the Bukhari, Fathul Bari, quotes Ibn Abi Jamra. We've heard of Fathul Bari, of Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqalani. Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani is basically yani, one of the greatest hadith scholars who ever lived. 100,000 hadith or more he had memorized, and that's the meaning of Hafiz. Hafiz means a memorizer of hadith. Over 100,000 hadith he had memorized. And if we just kind of understand what is 100,000 hadith, Bukhari is about 2,500 hadith. Bukhari. And I'm, it's actually 5,000, but those 5,000 are actually re repeats. So actually without the repetition, without the mukarrarat, it comes out to be 2,500. 
But why it became so big? Because the same ahadith are repeated twice or in other chapters because they are relevant. So Imam Bukhari brought them again. But if we take out the mukarrarat, the repetitive ahadith, it comes out to be 2,500. Just the Bukhari. Now imagine Hafid ibn Hajar, he had, he had memorized with the Sanad to the Prophet wasallam 100,000 hadiths. This Hafiz ibn Hajar quotes Ibn Abi Jamra in the commentary of the hadith in his Fathul Bari, and that was his teacher. So that was his teacher. Right? And from amongst the many beneficial, he wrote many books. From amongst the many beneficial books is this book that he compiled, Al Madkhal. So what then of the story behind this, I wanted to mention why Ibn al-Hajj al-Maliki, why did he write this book? So he says that, فَإِنِّي كُنْتُ كَثِيرًا مَا أَسْمَعُ سَيِّدِي الشَّيْخِ الْعُمْدَ الْعَالِمَ الْعَامِلَ الْمُحَقِّقَ الْقُدْوَةِ أَبَا مُحَمَّدْ عَبْدَ اللَّهِ إِبْنَ أَبِي جَمْرَةَ يَقُولِ So he's saying many times, I have heard my teacher Ibn Abi Jamra, the one I was telling you that even Hafiz Ibn Hajar took takes from his commentary. I've heard him on many occasions say this. Say what? Saying this. He says, I wish that they would be scholars, that they would sit and have durus and lessons for the public, just teaching them what their objectives should be in their actions. Subhanallah. Can you imagine? I wish that they would be fuqaha, ulama. Now, he didn't say just any person, fuqaha. People have studied fiqh. He said, I wish that they would just be fuqaha, and they have no other shughl. لَيْسَ لَهُمْ شُغْلٌ إِلَّا النَّاسِ مَقَاصِدَهُمْ فِي أَعْمَالِهِمْ that what should be their objectives in their particular actions. That, okay, you are going for hajj, this should be your objective. This should be your motive. Okay, you're going to give zakah, this should be your objective and motive. Oh, you're going for salatul jumu'ah, this should be your objective and motive. Okay, you're taking care of your parents, this should be your objective and motive. Oh, you're getting married, this should be your objective and motive. Oh, you're opening up a business, this should be your objective and motive. Allahu Akbar. His teacher, Ibn Abi Jamra, says, I wish that they would be fuqaha and ulama that would do nothing. They have no other job. All they do is not teach salah, not teach istinja, not teach adhan. Or you have those scholars that are doing that as well. But now we need a whole different tabaqa. We need a whole different category of scholars that are just teaching people. Okay, this should be your intention of sitting in this dars right now. You're sitting in this dars right now. These should be your objectives. Okay, you're coming to prayer right now. These should be your objectives. Allahu Akbar. What does he say? Kathiran. Inni kuntu kathiran ma asma'u sayyidi wa shaykhi yaqul. Yani many, many times I've heard him say this. That I wish waditu. I would love that they would be some fuqaha, that they would have no other job except to teach people what are their objectives. And he would sit and teach the people what should be their intentions. 
فإنه ما أتى على كثير من الناس إلا من تضعين تضيع النيات because shaitan did not destroy people except through wasting and messing up their intentions remember we were talking about that Hafsa that shaitan does not ruin people and doesn't mess people up except by either they're doing something right with the proper intentions and then he comes and he hijacks them and he takes them in a direction that oh subhanallah they were going to you know jannah and he sent them to jahannam literally made them take a full u-turn what does he say that ma ata ala kathirin min nas illa min tadyi'in niyyah فقد رآني ذكرت بعض ما كان يجري عنده من بعض الفوائد في ذلك لبعض الإخوان فطلب أن أجمع له شيئا لكي يعرف تصرفه في نيته وفي عبادته وعلمه وتسببه فامتنعت من ذلك خوفا مما ورد في الحديث عنه صلوات الله عليه وسلامه في القوم الذين يمضغون ألسنتهم يوم القيامة أنهم العلماء الذين لا يعملون بما يعلمون ومن قول عليه الصلاة والسلام أول ما تسعر النار يوم القيامة برجل عالم So he said So after my shaykh mentioned that I was also requested by many many students And many other people You should be the one who doing it You see our shaykh wants somebody to do that You should be the one who do it But I kept getting demanded to do that But why I didn't do it Look at what he says Because I was afraid that I would be From amongst those ulama who are not practicing what he is writing. I don't want to be teaching people the intentions that I myself, I'm like empty of it. To be from amongst those people that it mentioned in the hadith that the person will be seen in Jahannam who will be a scholar in the hellfire and he's walking around with his intestines in his hands. And the people will see him. I don't want to be that person who's walking around with his intestines in his hands, walking around like a donkey around the mill. And then the people looking at me and saying, Oh you, weren't you the one that was enjoining good and forbidding evil? Yes, because I was the one that was commanding you to do good, but I wasn't doing it. And I was forbidding you to do from, from evil, but I was doing it. That fear and that hadith makes me reluctant from actually compiling this book. So I was holding myself back. So then he continues narrating hadith like this. And also this hadith. And then there's another hadith. And there's another hadith. You know the fear? So because of the fear, he's holding himself back. And then he's narrating, that, and I'm not going to read each one, but then he mentions like five hadiths. And as you can see, he's a true scholar. He's like keeping every hadith in mind. And he says like, these are, these are all these, that the worstly punished on the day of judgment is that scholar who does not benefit from his knowledge. And the worst person in the sight of Allah is that alim that doesn't have amal. And the Yahud, right, that Allah Ta'ala says, do you command the people to do good and you forget yourselves while you read this book? Right? So he's, he's, he's mentioning all of these reasons. This is ayah and this hadith and this uh, thing. And he says, I don't want to be that person. That's why I was reluctant to compile this book. Then he says, But this is the final 
ayah, which then I cannot withhold myself now. And what is that? Allah Ta'ala took a covenant from the ulama. أَن يُعَلِّمُوا That they should not, what is the, what is the ayah? وَلَا تَكْتُمُونَهُ Allah Ta'ala says that they should, uh, they should convey that the, 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 they should convey the verses, they should convey the knowledge, and that they should not conceal the knowledge. Allah took a covenant from them. That Allah Ta'ala took an, a covenant from the ulama that they should teach no matter what. Even if, they don't, even if they don't practice it, they have to teach because that's their responsibility to convey what Allah has mentioned in the Quran. Otherwise, it's going to remain hidden. We have to, some people can't recite the Quran in Arabic. So there has to be people that's going to teach the Quran so the people know what it is. If they're going to say, oh no, I'm not making amal upon it, so I'm going to remain silent. So they're concealing now. So what do you do? Should you conceal it and fall into the sin of hiding and that's not why Allah revealed this book, that this book should be kept hidden, or this book should be kept closed, behind closed doors, locked, and kept secret. This book has been revealed so that it should be taught. That maybe if this person is not making amal upon it, another hundred people who are listening to it, those people will make amal, and those people will implement it. So Allah took a covenant from the scholars that they should teach, and Allah took a covenant from the ignorant people that they should ask. The ignorant people should ask, and the not, scholars should not withhold. They should not make kitmanul ilm. Kitmanul ilm is haram, and a, and, and, and a person can go to jahannam. They can go to hellfire for concealing knowledge. He said, I feared this concealment of knowledge more than I feared the situation of being. Uh, one of those people who don't act upon their knowledge because if Allah Ta'ala has commanded me don't hide it okay so Ya Allah I did it because you told me don't hide it I could at least say that that okay Ya Allah you told me to convey it and that takes precedence over hiding it because I'm not going to make amal on it you guys understand this is a very interesting this is also intention you guys see what he's doing right here he's actually showing you What's going on in his mind with his intention? He said, I, I, you know, my intention is to teach the people, but what if I'm not acting upon it and I'm not sincere? And, and, and then he's saying, but then, again, knowledge comes to play. The knowledge compels him. The knowledge compels him that he cannot stay silent. I have to speak. And if I, if I, if I do not speak, I am concealing it. If I'm concealing it, then what? I will be sinful. I will be more sinful than that person who, right, uh, says it but doesn't do it. And in it is also another benefit for me to tell it even though I'm not implementing it. What is that? It is it's a reminder for me. When I teach it, I'm like, wait a minute, how come I'm not doing it? I got to do this. This is what my intention should be. Like, let's just say, I'm, you know, teaching what's the correct intention in teaching. 
So I don't have it, but when I'm teaching it, it comes to my mind and I'm reminded that you have to teach for the sake of conveying the commandments of Allah Azza wa Jal, of conveying what Allah and His Messenger have given us, because if you conceal it, then you are in sin. فَأَتَذَكَّرُ بِهِ مَا كَانَ يَمْضِي مِنْ بَعْضِ الْعِلْمِ فِي ذَلِكَ فِي مَجَالِسِ سَيِّدِي الشَّيْخِ أَبِي مُحَمَّدْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ إِبْنِ أَبِي جَمْرَةِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ فَرَأَيْتُ أَنَّ الْإِجَابَةَ قَدْ تَعَيَّنَتْ عَلَيَّ مِنْ وُجُوهِ So therefore, I understand that I have to write this book for three reasons. Now he's mentioning his intentions. Therefore, I have to do this book despite the fact that I'm not worthy and maybe I might be making acting upon every single thing, but I have to do it because of three reasons. Number one, min qibali nafsi for my own self. It's a reminder that when I'm teaching it, it will teach me. When I'm mentioning it, it will remind me. This is what you need to do. Number two, min qibali talibihi udkhil fi man an ilmin For the sake of the one who is seeking it from me so that I don't become from amongst those who is asked of knowledge and I'm concealing it. From that sense. So number one, to remind myself. Number two, so that the one who has asked me to do it, and I am not doing it, and then I fall into the category of those people who are concealing knowledge, and I become sinful due to that. And number three, أو ببعضه يدعو لمؤلفه المنكسر خاطره من قلة العمل لعل أن يوفقه الله تعالى للعمل. He says perhaps for the one I write this book, somebody who reads this book will make du'a for the author while he's alive, and he'll make du'a that oh Allah give this author tawfiq, give the author enablement to act upon what he has said, and then then I'm successful then. Then I've, then I've achieved my, I have achieved my goal. Subhanallah. This is amazing. And then he continues. He says, وَسَمَّيْتُهُ بِمُقْتَضَى وَضْعِهِ I named this book, get ready for the name. كِتَابُ المدخل إِلَى تَنْمِيَةِ الْأَعْمَالِ بِتَحْسِينِ النِّيَّاتِ وَالتَّنْبِيهِ عَلَى بَعْضِ الْبِدَعِ وَالْعَوَائِدِ الَّتِي انْتَحَلَتْ بُبَيَانِ شَنَاعَتِهَا وَقُبْحِهَا and the short, it's called Al-Madkhal. Just make it easy, Al-Madkhal ibn al-Hajj. But the, the whole title of the book was The Gateway, Al-Madkhal. Madkhal is the place of dukhul, the place of entrance. The, the, the gateway, إِلَى تَنْمِيَةِ الْأَعْمَالِ بِتَحْسِينِ النِّيَّاتِ By enhancing your good deeds with good intentions. Enhancing your good deeds by righteous intentions, right? And the notification and the notifying of some of the innovations and, and, and things that have come about in our times that have been invented and the evil of those actions. And then he asks Allah Azza wa Jal, to give everyone tawfiq uh, to implement what has been said. Then he says here, قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ And they have not been commanded except to worship Allah 
sincerely devoting their deen to him, not for any other intention, not for any other motive, not for any other objective. Mukhlisina lahu adina, that they make their deen solely for the motive of Allah Azza wa Jal's pleasure. Qala ulama'una rahimahullah ta'ala alayhim wa rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhim al-ikhlasu innama yakunu bil-qalb. Sincerity is an act of the heart. وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ لِبْنِ آدَمْ جَوَارِحْ ظَاهِرَ وَجَوَارِحْ بَاطِنَ Human beings have external limbs and they have internal limbs. فَعَلَى الظَّاهِرَ الْعِبَادَةِ وَالْإِمْتِثَالِ وَهُوَ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهِ And if you look at the external limbs, it is the first part of the ayah, and they have not been commanded but to worship Allah. So the worship of Allah takes place from our external limbs, the commandments, hajj, zakat, psalm, prayer, etc. We do that with external. And then, وَعَلَى الْبَاطِنَ أَن تَعْتَقِدْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ مُخْلِصَةً فِي ذَلِكَ And that the internal limb does what? مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ So this ayah, it shows لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ They have not been commanded but to worship Allah. That worship of Allah Ta'ala is done with our external limbs. But مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ Sincerely devoting themselves to Him alone that is done with the internal. So we see this ayah has an external and an internal. The external is done, worship with our bodily limbs. But the ikhlas in our actions is done with the internal limb. And that is the heart. That he knows that there's no one worthy of worship but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. So, every worship the, the, the source of that is that sincerity. And that cannot be done except by the heart. So all of these external limbs are actually, they are the branch of this internal limb, this internal action of ikhlas and sincerity. If the internal is rectified, then the external will be rectified. As the Prophet says, إِنَّ فِي الْجَسِرِ لَمُضْغَةِ إِذَا صَلَحَتْ صَلَحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبِ Verily, in the body there is a piece of flesh. If that comes right, everything comes right. If that goes off and is corrupt, everything will be corrupt. So if a person's heart has greed, even when he's teaching knowledge, because that, that, that teaching is coming from that, that, that markaz, that source. What, what will come out of it will be tainted. A person is prideful, let's just say arrogant. A person is arrogant. I want to be famous. I want to be a celebrity. I want to be a big shot. So now when, if a person, even he's teaching or giving a khutbah, his teaching and his khutbah will be tainted with arrogance. His words will be tainted with arrogance. Because his intention is wrong. Do you get what I'm saying? Where do the words emanate from? The words don't come from here. The words come from here. 
So when the heart is tainted and it's arrogance and pride and I want to be this and I want to be that and I want everybody to respect me. I want people to stand up for me. I want people to call me this and that and give me titles. Then what? Now when he gives it, when he talks, when he lectures, when he gives khutbah, even though it seems like it's a religious action, but it's tainted with arrogance. And it does not have guidance in it. It does not have in it guidance. May Allah protect us. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? This is how, how dangerous this is. That because it's coming from the heart, it taints. And it pollutes. Right? Let's just say, you guys seen a water faucet? Everybody's seen a water faucet. The, the water from the water faucet is coming clean. Isn't it? But let's just say you take some mud and you put it inside of the, inside of the, the pipe. Now you turn on the water, everything that comes out from that is also muddy and it's murky. It's murky water. Why did that water become murky? It's because there's mud inside. When the heart becomes defiled with all these incorrect intentions, evil intentions, dunyawi intentions, ulterior motives, not Allah Azza wa Jal, then whatever comes out is murky. The salat, it's not a pure salat. It's not a salat that will... Allah subhanahu wa says that... You know how powerful the salat is? How powerful is your salat? That Allah azawajal says, Inna salata tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. Inna salata tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. Your prayer, it, it, it withholds you from fahsha' and munkar. From shamelessness and evil. That's the power of salah. But because our motives are wrong, our intentions are not right, it doesn't, it doesn't have that effect. Therefore, the shaykh says, فَمِن بَابِ الْأَوْلَى فَعَلَى هَذَا يَنْبَغِي لِلْمُؤْمِنْ أَنْ تَكُونَ هِمَّتُهُ وَكُلِّيَّتُهُ فِي تَخْلِيصِ بَاطِنِهِ وَاسْتِقَامَتِهِ That it is most appropriate then for the believer that his whole focus, his whole focus should be to purify his intentions. That's what you should be working on more. Because rectitude starts from within and then it works outwards. Straightness and rectitude and reformation starts inwardly and then everything after that it becomes right. قال الإمام أبو عبد الله مالك بن أنس رحمه الله تعالى إمام مالك رحمه الله he says something very beautiful about intention ألا ترى أن الساجد لله تعالى والساجد للصنم في صورة واحدة do you not see that when a person prostrates the prostrator for Allah and the prostrator for the idol, externally they both look the same. A person who's prostrating, externally the one who prostrates to an idol and the one who prostrates to God, suratan, from the external perspective, they both look the same. I don't know if you've all seen some of the in, you know, Japanese Buddhists and these people, they actually they make like proper sujood. Like if you see, but like if you look at both of them in the surah, like that, that, just the action, not the object, the action that they're doing. Both of them look the same. So it's very interesting. 
ألا ترى أن الساجد للصنم والساجد لله تعالى في سورة واحدة Both of them externally they look the same وإنما كانت هذه عبادة وهذه كفرا بالنية This one becomes an ibada and this one becomes shirk and kufr because of what is in their hearts and what their objective is. Subhanallah. It's only the objective, right? That's why it's important that the mu'min should focus more than anything else upon his intention. Ibtida'an. فَإِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَزِيدَ فِي عَمَلِهِ يَنْظُرْ أَوَّلًا فِي نِيَّتِهِ and when he intends to begin any action, he should first look towards his intention. فَيُحْسِنُهَا And he should beautify his intentions. فَإِنْ كَانَتْ حَسَنَةً فَيَنْمِيهَا إِنْ أَمْكَنَ تَمْنِيَتَهَا And if he can, he should maximize in his intentions. Maximize in his intentions. Enhance your intentions. And with maximizing your intention, that one amal, it can become multiplied by a hundred. A very interesting thing that Ibn, uh, uh, Ibn al-Hajj says here, what makes people more superior than another? How is one person in Islam or in darajat Allah Azza wa Jal says, They have levels close to their Lord. Right? Each one of them have a daraja with their Lord according to their action. But the action is according to the intention. Every person's daraja will be closer to their Lord based on their intentions. Look at what it says here. And the people are differ in different in, in their ahwal and in their darajat, in their stations with their Lord, in their status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do we know who's more superior than others? We know through taqwa. But what is taqwa in reality? It's like a it's a it's like a enhanced level of intention. The more sincere your intention, the higher your level of taqwa. Because everybody does the same action. Everybody prays five times a day, right? Everybody fasts in the month of Ramadan. Everybody prays five times a day. Everybody gives zakat and everybody does hajj. All of these things are basically the same. What is the superiority? Right. What is the superiority that people have? What is the darajat that people attain? Obviously, maybe through extra nawafil. But main thing is actually in those intentions. In the intentions that we have. In fulfilling the faraid. Thumma. أنهم يفترقون في الخيرات والبركات بحسب مخاصدهم وتنمية أفعالهم. And then each one of them have different levels based on the goodness and the blessings of their motives 
and their objectives, and that motive and objective then enhances their actions. وَمِثَالُ ذَلِكَ ثَلَاثُ رِجَالُ يَخْرُجُونَ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ Ibn al-Hajj gives an example of three, peop three people who leave to go for salah. There's three people. All three of them are going for what? They're going to pray. Okay? أَحَدُهُمْ يَخْرُجُ وَيَنْظُرُ إِنْ كَانَتْ لَهُ حَاجَ لِنَفْسِهِ أَوْ لِبَيْتِهِ قَضَاهَا فِي طَرِيقِهِ وَسَاهِنْ عَنِّيَّةِ التَّقَرُّبِ بِذَلِكَ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى a person is going for salah, but his main intention is, okay, I'm going out, I need to pick up some things for the house, I need to get some groceries. So yani, he's going to pray, but his main intention is what I'm going to pick up on the, uh, on the way when I get the house and uh, my groceries and all this other stuff. Because remember, you could be doing that on the side. I mean, we all pick up stuff while we go on the way, but you're... Your objective is not salah. You're actually, you're going and, okay, salat happened to come up there, but you're, Because if you go and say, I am fulfilling the commandment of Allah Azza to fulfill the needs of my family. Allah has commanded me to take care of my family. And this is my responsibility as a father. Hatta the food that I put in the mouth of my family, this is a sadaqah. And you, know, you make that intention, that's taqarrub. And you have intention of going to salat, that's a taqarrub. But the person doesn't have that in his mind. He's sahin. Anniyat al taqarrub bi dhalika ila Allah ta'ala. Fahada lahu ajru salat, ajru salati, laysa illa wal khuta alati istamalaha lil masjid. Kad zahabat li kawli alihi salatu salam. And So this person, he gets the salat, obviously, but the reward of the steps, he says, is that أَحَدُكُمْ فَأَحْسَنَ الْوُضُوءَ وَاتَ الْمَسْجِدِ لَا يُرِيدُ إِلَّا الصَّلَاةِ لَمْ يَخْتُ خَطْوَةً إِلَّا رَفَعَ اللَّهُ لَهُ دَرَجَةً وَحَطَّ عَنْهُ بِهَا خَطِيئَةً So this hadith says that anybody who leaves his home, anybody who makes wudu, leaves his home, and his intention is the salah. If something happens on the side, I have to pick up groceries, that's secondary. I do that on the way, but my objective is salah. You guys understand the difference here? Don't think that if you go and you drop off some mail, then you've ruined, ruined your reward. This person, his objective is that, I mean, for example, I wouldn't come out of my home unless it was salah. That type of thing. I'm going for salah. I'm going for salatul asr. Something comes on the side, that's a side thing. Your salat should not be the side thing. That's the point here. Because it says, a person makes wudu, فَأَحْسَنَ الْوُضُوءُ وَأَتَى الْمَسْجِدِ لَا يُرِيدُ إِلَّا الصَّلَةِ يعني His irada is salah. His final objective is prayer. What happens on the side, he can do that. Right? We do other things. We pick up the phone and talk to somebody if somebody calls us while we're on the way. These are side things. But your objective is I'm coming out of my home to perform the salah. So when a person has his main objective is not salah, then what? He does not get this reward. Because it says, لا يريد إلا الصلاة. Then what happens? If a person, his intention is nothing but the salah, then any step that he takes and any step that he lifts, Allah lifts him one daraja and Allah removes from him one sin.
والثاني the second person خرج إلى الصلاة ليس إلا ولم يخلط مع هذه النية غيرها فهذا أعظم أجرا من الأول so the first person he gets the reward of the prayer he gets the prayer we're not going to say his prayer is not accepted because he went to go pray but the point is that, that the reward of the khutuat what's mentioning the khutuat لم يخطو خطوة إلا رفع له بها درجة وحط عنه بها خطيئة so the second one خرج خرج إلى الصلاة ليس إلا ولم يخلط مع هذه النية غيرها he doesn't mix with it any other intention only he's coming out of his home for salat فهذا أعظم أجرا من الأول لأنه حصل له بركة الخطى إلى المساجد على ما أخبر به صاحب الشريعة صلوات الله وسلامه عليه the second one he gets not only the reward of the salat, but for every step that he takes, one good deed is written, and for every step that he takes, he is elevated. And the third one, he's going out with the same intention as the second person, who's going only for the salat. And the third one, he's going with the intention of prayer, but he has other intentions as well. He has other intentions that he's maximizing on his intentions, right? He's saying, I'm going to the masjid to learn knowledge. I'm going to the masjid to also learn a hadith that's going to be read after Isha. I'm going to the masjid to also seek guidance from ulama. I'm going to the masjid to also see if there's any person that I can help them with sadaqat and charity. There might be some poor people on the way, like in, back home and in the Haramain and Sharifain and in other places, you have poor people that are always standing by the masajid. So you leave them house, not only for salah, but also for sadaqah, but also for helping, but also for seeing if there's any Muslims that are in need, and also seeing if there's anybody who is hungry that you should feed them. And also, for example, to listening to a dars of an alim, and also seeking guidance, and also... Like this, you just, and with every single intention, what are you doing? You're enhancing now that amal, right? You're, you're increasing that amal. فَفَعَلَهُ فَخَرَجَ وَلَهُ مِنَ الْأُجُورِ مَا لَا يَعْلَمُهُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Now that person goes with all of these intentions, and he gets so much ajr that only Allah Ta'ala knows how much ajr and how much rewards he's receiving. فَإِذَا كَانَ الْأَمْرُ كَذَلِكَ فَلَا يَقْتَصِرْ عَلَى الْخُرُوجِ إِلَى الْمَسْجِدِ لَيْسَ إِلَّا بَلْ ذَلِكَ فِي كُلِّ الْأَفْعَالِ So if that's the case with coming out of your house for the masjid, don't just suffice on making intention like this for going to the masjid. Make intention like this in all of the actions that you do. When you're giving charity, enhance your intentions. When you're visiting your mother, or you're visiting your parents, or you're visiting your relatives, Increase your intentions. When you're visiting a sick person in the hospital, increase your intentions. When you're saying hi to your neighbors, increase your intention. When you're going to your job every single day, increase your intention. When you're, for example, studying Quran or learning the deen or making hifz of the Quran, increase your intention. Just like, like, the, like you did in this one. بَلْ ذَٰلِكَ فِي كُلِّ الْأَفْعَالِ 
دقيقها وجليلها كبيرها وصغيرها مهما أمكن مهما أمكن تنميتها فعلى ذلك فيحصل به الخير العظيم والسعادة العظمى مع راحة البدن من التعب وغيره and with that you will be getting such rewards and such blessings and it'll be with راحة البدن you won't be doing a lot of things and putting so much force on yourself but you're able to do you know with a, you know uh, one action a hundred things so actually when you make a hundred intentions with that one amal you're actually killing 100 birds with one stone you know say kill two birds with one stone they say kill two birds with one stone when you maximize your intentions you're killing so many birds with one stone and Allah will give you every single one of those intentions every single one of them because what does it say in the hadith and a person will get whatever he intends. Ma nawa. This ma mausula. In Arabic language, what is ma mausula? Ma nawa. Yani kulli ma nawa. Kullu ma nawa. Wali kulli mri'im ma nawa. Yani kullu ma nawa. Everything that he intends, he will get that. So you make a hundred intentions, Allah will give you every hundred thing that you intended. This is amazing. That's why they say, Niyatul Mu'mini Khairun Min Amali. Niyatul Mu'min Khairun Min Amalihi. The niyat and the intention of a believer is better than his action because his action is limited, but his intentions could be unlimited, equal to however far his brain can go. Just imagine. Just as far as your imagination could go, spread it as far as wide you can. I would hear some of the brothers in Tabligh. You know the brothers who go for tabligh? I would hear them saying something that was amazing. It was really amazing. They would say, when we go for gasht, jawla, when we go for jawla and we meet the brothers in the neighborhood, we make intention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spreads hidayah through the whole world. How is that possible? I, I don't know how that's possible, but look at the intention that, Yani, Ya Allah, I cannot reach those corners of the world, but I am making effort to the best of my ability here. SubhanAllah. So it's not far-fetched that through the efforts that we are making here, Allah Azza wa can open up the gateways of Hidayah elsewhere. Who knows? Allahu Alam. But it's, it's, we see that in the 1970s and in the 1980s, you had these brothers, African-American brothers, white converts, African-American converts, that they were doing tabligh, going to these small, small cities. And I've heard many of these, you know, now they're 75 years old, 80 years old, some of them we know them, Sheikh Hashim Ahmad, American jazz player, white hippie. He wanted to become a Sheikh al-Hadith. He studied, he accepted Islam. He said, we used to go to places to give da'wah, and we used to say, subhanAllah, is there even a masjid? We would travel for days on end to find a masjid. And they would find it, you know, they would just like be like a basement. We would go inside the basement. There would be like, you know, one imam from Bangladesh somewhere. And he doesn't know any English. And there would be like five people praying. And then, you know, we would give like three shahadas and people would accept Islam. And then, you know, you could see tears in their eyes that I didn't know that I would be today in such a masjid. After, you know, after 40, 50 years at that time, we would say, you know, Ya Allah, would there ever, ever be Islam that will, there will actually be masajid and there will be scholars and there will be a hafiz al-Quran? And now he says like, you have a khatam 
of, you know, Hifz uh, al-Qur'an, where like you have 10 kids becoming Hafiz al-Qur'an. So who knows the intentions of those sincere people who had worked in that time with the intention that, Ya Allah, through the small and feeble efforts that we're making, O oh Allah, spread hidayah all throughout America. Ya Allah, through the small and feeble work that we are doing, وَمَا ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ بِعَزِيزِ وَمَا ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ بِعَزِيزِ And it is not difficult for Allah Azza wa Jal. SubhanAllah. Again, we don't know the power of those people's ikhlas. We don't know the power of those people's sincerity of intentions. كتب سالم بن عبد الله إلى عمر بن عبد العزيز رضي الله عنه. سالم بن عبد الله writes to عمر بن عبد العزيز رضي الله عنهما saying اعلم يا عمر أن عون الله للعبد بقدر النية. سبحان الله. This is what we're talking about just previously with our تبليغ brothers. So سالم بن عبد الله writes to عمر بن عبد العزيز who was considered like the fifth خليفة الراشد right. He was one of the great pious and righteous and just rulers, he writes to him saying, Ya Umar, I'lam ya Umar, anna awna Allahi lil'abd biqadrin niyyah. Know that the help and assistance from Allah comes equal to your intention. If your intention is sincere, that is how much help will come to you from Allah. That is how much assistance and madad and, 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 and nusrah will come to you from Allah Azza wa equal to your sincerity. فَمَنْ ثَبَتَتْ نِيَتُهُ تَمَّ عَوْنُ اللَّهِ The one whose intention is firm, then Allah's help and Allah's assistance for him will also become complete. وَمَنْ قَصُرَتْ عَنْهُ نِيَتُهُ قَصُرَ عَنْهُ عَوْنُ اللَّهِ بِقَدْرِ ذَلِكَ And anyone whose intention is weak, whose intention is feeble, then equal to that, will the help from Allah also become weakened? Yani lessened. It'll be less. Allah is, Allah is not weak. But Allah gives according to how strong is our ikhlas to Allah Azza wa Jal. وَلَا تَهِنُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Yani بِقَدْرِ قُوَّةِ الْإِيمَانِ أَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ Yani you will be dominant equal to the strength of your iman and ikhlas. Allah says in the Quran, وَلَا تَهِنُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ أَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ يعني بِقَدْرِ قُوَّةِ إِيمَانِكُمْ You will be at the level of غَلَبَة You will be dominant, equal to your iman and equal to your niyyah, equal to your intention. وَكَتَبَ بَعْضُ الصَّالِحِينَ إِلَىٰ أَخِيهِ some of the Salihin and the righteous people wrote to their brother, Subhanallah. Make sincere your intentions, and then you have to only do a little bit of actions. 
make sincere your intentions, and then you'll have to do very little actions. Because it won't be little, it will be a lot based on the intention that you're making. وَقَدْ قَالَ عُلَمَاؤُنَا رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِمْ مَنْ لَمْ يَهْتَدِي إِلَى النِّيَّةِ بِنَفْسِهِ فَلْيَصْحَبْ مَنْ يُعَلِّمُهُ حُسْنَ النِّيَّةِ Subhanallah. He says, anybody who can't teach himself to make proper intentions, he should accompany somebody that will teach him what is the intention I need to make. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. This is just amazing, really amazing stuff. وَقَدْ قَالَ الْإِمَامَ الْمُحَقِّقِ يُمَنْ إِبْنْ رَزَقِ رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى عَلَيْهِ نَظَرْتُ فِي هَذَا الْأَمْرِ فَلَمْ يَأْتِنَا إِلَّا مِنْ قِبَلِ الْغَفْلَ عَنِ النِّيَّةِ He said, I looked at the matter of this path to Allah and I saw that the only thing that makes us fall back is our heedlessness of intention. I pondered over this. نَظَرْتُ فِي هَذَا الْأَمْرِ And if you أَمْنْ السُّلُوكِ إِلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ نظرت في هذا الأمر فلم يأتنا يعني الشيطان أو الضلال فلم يأتنا إلا من قبل الغفلة عن النية and misguidance or loss or خسران doesn't come to us except from heedlessness of intention this is very powerful stuff to be honest with you this is the, this is the, the really Heavy stuff. لأني نظرت فوجدت الإنسان لا يخلو من أحد أمرين. I looked at a person, I looked at human beings, and I saw that human beings are not free from one of two states, two states of affairs. You're either this or you're that. إما حركة وإما سكون. Either you are moving or you're immobile, sitting at home. You're either moving or you're not moving. This is the one of the two things that you're doing in this world. Either you're in movement. In salah, in durus, in shughl, in amal, or you're in, yani you're not doing anything. Wakilahuma amal. Haraka and sukun, both of them is amal. Right? Intaha kalamu. بالمعنى فإن تحرك الإنسان أو سكن ساهيا أو غافلا كان ذلك عملا عاريا عن النية. If you're sitting doing nothing, you're doing nothing should also have an intention. Why am I sitting doing nothing? I need to rest so that when I'm going to pray, I will have strength. I'm going to sleep. In sleep, you're doing nothing, right? You're sukun. But I'm making istiraha. I'm seeking rest so that I can be strong to wake up for Salatul Fajr. Now that act, which is sukoon, has become an act of worship, has become an act that is rewarding. It is not an act of ghafla. Everybody sleeps. But when does your sleep become worthy? Haraka is also amal. Sukoon is also amal. Haraka, movement and non-movement. Right? Motionlessness. Stagnation, motionlessness. That motionlessness should also have an intention. And your action should also have an intention. One example of motionlessness is, for example, I came home from, from, from work and I'm just laying down on, my, on the sofa. I am getting rest so that I can be rested, so then I can take, I can, you know, just take a, take a, a break so that I can perform salah 
in the masjid. فَإِنْ تَحَرَّكَ الْإِنسَانَ وَسَكَنَ سَاهِيَنَ وَغَافِلًا كَانَ ذَلِكَ عَمَلًا عَارِيًا لِلنِّيَّةِ If you make any movement or if you're motionless and it is عَارِيًا لِلنِّيَّةِ You don't have any intention. Then that act will become غَفْلَةً That act now becomes غَفْلَةً فَيَخْرُجُ أَنْ يَكُونَ عَمَلًا شَرْعِيًّا لِلْحَدِيثِ الْمُتَقَدِّمِ إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ and therefore, that action now is not an act which is an act of is a shara'i act. It's no longer a shara'i act. It's an act of, for example, we, so many things in our life. We discussed this in the previous. Well, you were saying, we eat, we drink, we go to the bathroom, we shower, we brush our teeth. These are literally mundane affairs that. Hours are spent actually doing some of these things. Hours are spent in sleeping. Lots of time is spent in the bathroom, showering, wearing clothes, where all of these things that if it's done with no niyat, it is ghafla. But if you correct your niyyah and you do it according to the sunnah, all of those actions become an act of worship, subhanallah. And it becomes dhikr. It's no, more, it's no longer ghafla. It's no longer heedlessness and unmindfulness. It becomes an act which has shari. It has shari. Uh, uh, you know, shari substance. It's no longer, and I'm putting on my jacket, right? This is قُلْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَ لِعِبَادِهِ Allah Ta'ala made this a zina and, you know, to cover my body and guard myself from the cold so I don't get sick. All of these, whatever intentions that a person can make, right, he can actually, right, get a reward like people who look, look for tax write-offs, you know? Where, uh, oh yeah, I make intention of like, you know, yeah, I was driving for work that day, you know, just get the gas off. You know what I mean? You know, it's like a person, you, you, you get all those, you can get ajr for literally everything that you do. You could get ajr for everything you do if your intention is correct. فَإِذَا تَقَرَّ هَذَا وَعُلِمَا تحصل منه أن أعظم الناس منزلة أو أكثرهم خيرا وبركة الواقف مع نيته. From this we understand that the greatest of people and the highest of the caliber of people are the people that are constantly with intention. Never be without intention. You're sitting here, never be without intention. It's so easy. The easiest intention, Ya Allah, I'm doing this for you. At this lint. I'm picking up this for you because this is your house. If I want my house to look nice, I want Allah's house to look even more nice. Ya Allah, I'm doing this so that you become happy. Imagine if somebody comes in front of your house and there's a garbage on your lawn and that person picks up the garbage from your lawn. How would you be happy? Would you be happy with that person? There's a candy wrapper or there's a garbage on your front lawn and you pick up that somebody, your neighbor or somebody walking by picks up the garbage from your front lawn. How happy would that make you? Now make this intention that this is the house of Allah Azza wa Jal. I am picking up this lint. I am picking up this harmful thing from Allah's house. Imagine how much Allah will be happy with you. Intention. Just picking up lint for no reason. You don't get any, but picking it up just for the, the sake of pleasing Allah Azza wa Jal. Subhanallah. From this we understand, أَعْظَمُ النَّاسِ مَنْزِلَةً 
وأكثرهم خيرا وبركة الواقف مع نيته The one who is constant with intention Subhanallah في حركته وسكونه وبهذا المعنى وقع الفرق بيننا وبين سلفنا This is the difference between us and the salaf When we talk about salaf When we talk about the sahaba when we talk about the Tabi'een, when we talk about Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi, Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Sufyan al-Thawri, Junaid Baghdadi, you know, all the great, Imam Bukhari, Imam Tirmidhi, all these great people that we mentioned them. What was the difference between them and us? It was their intentions. Subhanallah. Al-farq baynana wa baynahum tahsinun niyyah. Fakanat harakatuhum. وسكناتهم كلها عبادة. their حركات and their سكنات, their movements and their motionlessness was all عبادة. ونحن اليوم إنما العبادة عندنا ما كان من الصلاة والزكاة والصوم والحج والجهاد وأصول الدين. this is what's عبادة to us when we pray and when we fast. And when we do hajj, and when we give zakat, to us, this is ibadah. But to them, even brushing their teeth was ibadah. Even combing their hair was ibadah. Even wearing their clothes was ibadah. As I mentioned the story, there was a sheikh, one of the salaf, he was wearing his shirt backwards. And he came out of his home for the masjid. One of the students said, sheikh, you're wearing your thobe backwards. Would you not change it? Put it back. He said, no, I'm not going to change it. He said, why? He said, because I wore it like this for the sake of Allah. I didn't know. And now when I go and change it, I'll be changing it for you. Subhanallah. Ajib. Doesn't mean don't change your thing. He's just, the, you know, the intensity of his intention. And his intention was so khalis lillahi ta'ala that I put it on and unmindfully it just came backwards. But because he was so khalis, he said, I don't think I could achieve what I achieved there now again because I'll be doing it because you told me not because of what I did before you guys understand what he's saying yani, now I'm wearing it because you told me to straighten it my intention would have, would have changed now I mean, how much they, they actually worked on this they already, he was actually thinking he was actually planning he actually planned that he actually thought that he actually reflected on that that I'm wearing this for Allah Azza wa Jal. that Allah becomes happy وهذه إنما هي عند الموفقين منا أعني المحافظين لهذه الأفعال المذكورة نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى التوفيق and this now can we can also do the same is that if we practice our أفعال how much time do we have left? 10-10? okay بس إن شاء الله الله تعالى give us توفيق quickly I wanted to mention uh, maybe we'll mention it I'll mention it after the, the salat إن شاء الله May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to understand what has been said. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Subhanakallah wa bihamdulillahi wa la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu.